0: Hello, and welcome to I am at UCL the podcast, a podcast about the research at UCL that will revolutionize the future of driving. My name is Cassidy Martin, and I am your host on this journey of self driving discovery. As humans continue to test their limits of potential with technological advances, problems sometimes arise. Take social media, for instance, It's a great way to stay connected with friends that are far away. You can use it to organize events, self-promote your business, and so many other things. But social media has its problems too. Users' accounts get hacked all the time. Sometimes scams are pulled off with fake accounts. Cyberbullying is a huge issue for younger users. And users' data is collected and sold off to companies. This is why I am at UCL is approaching advances in self-driving capabilities with extreme caution, taking every opportunity they can to safeguard against potential issues. For this month's episode, I spoke with two researchers who will be contributing to I'm at UCL's product design safety. The first is a researcher who uses mathematical modeling to solve any systems issue, And another who specializes in how people's behavior and performance are affected by lighting. Let's get started. My first guest is a very unique type of engineer.
1: I'm Francesca Bohem. I'm a lecturer in control systems in the electrical and electronic engineering department at UCL. And my research activities are in the area of control engineering. And more specifically, I develop methods
0: to detect anomalies and faults. And this method of detecting anomalies and faults can not only be used for mechanical systems, but...
1: Industrial uh plants and things like that, but we can think also of natural systems, so we could describe as a system also the, the behavior of some ecological systems or parts of the body can be described and modeled by, by a dynamical system.
0: The steps taken for this method, regardless of the system, are as follows.
1: When there is a new problem, so a new application, what I need to do is to, first of all, to understand the problem. And there, you don't need the technical, let's say, skills or not uh, the engineering skills. You really need to try and understand in detail or in depth where the problems are, what are the main elements. And then I need to, uh, to build a model, so a mathematical model that can describe the reality of the physical problem or to translate things from one language to another. And when I find the mathematical model that, that is well suited to explain what the problem is, then I work on the mathematical model to find solutions.
0: When it comes to I'm at UCL's self-driving vehicle designs, finding potential faults and anomalies and solutions for them is essential for ensuring designs are safe for use. And this is exactly how Francesca intends to contribute to the facility.
1: We want that the interaction between the person and the car does not create problems for the safety of the person. And therefore, I could work mainly in understanding if there is something which is going not as we were predicting. So to detect if there is any fault in the car, in the autonomous car, uh, but also to make sure that this feedback that there is between the car and the driver, and actually also it's two ways feedback in that sense we want this does not create problems for the functioning of the vehicle. Then my research works also in the interaction of the car with the rest of the world. And in this sense, the car can be connected to other vehicles or to, for example, some systems that give instructions or give guidance, for example, for traffic control and things like that. In this sense, the cyber-physical security aspect is quite important because the vehicle is not on its own, but actually it's interacting with the rest of the world. And we need to be sure that there are not problems in the interaction between the vehicles, so... Somehow we need to optimize the behavior of the different vehicles which are around uh, the, the car, but also that there are no problems coming from the external world. As I said, it could be cyber attacks. And then, finally, my research can actually be used also on the optimization of the network, traffic network. So if we don't consider the... A single vehicle anymore, but we are considering actually a network uh, which could represent an entire town or a part of it. Uh, and we want to optimize the situation in terms of traffic. We want to reduce uh, pollution. We want to reju- reduce congestions uh, and so on. In that case, the network itself could be seen as a system. And uh, it's really interesting to use some of the control methods to predict how the network will be in the future based on what uh, we are seeing uh, at a certain point and from the history that we have. But of course, any also. Any advice that we can give, uh, for example, we could say we could advise the the cars to follow certain paths. Any advice will create a change in the network, and we need to take into account that this change actually will will affect the of course the the status of the network in the future.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a complicated thing because you want to be able to gather all this information from this network of cars so you'll be able to drive as safely and as environmentally friendly as possible. Making sure you're creating as little a footprint as possible, but then at the same time, like trying to make sure you're mitigating having security hacks and all that kind of stuff as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said, my research is really more of a support for the other people to enable other technologies and to help uh, the decision process of uh, other disciplines. Uh, so in this sense, it's quite a background discipline that can uh, support different different activities and it can be useful for uh, to solve different problems. Yeah, that's. It, it might sound that like. I can do everything here. I mean, it's not like I have the solution to all the problems that we have discussed. And that's also why I really would like to find some specific problems where I can give a contribution and where there could be shorter term effect. So it's it's really about finding where the knowledge that I have, the tools that I know, where they can make the difference in the systems that also the other researchers are developing.
0: So Francesca cannot solve all the problems at once, though she can solve a number of specific problems. But there is a particular challenge when it comes to using mathematical modeling to solve problems in this particular context.
1: So it's not only uncertainties related to the environment, uh, uh, the fact that uh, you can have uh, different things happening uh, around the the vehicle, you have different things happening on the traffic network, but also the fact that there is the human in the middle in this system. So there is somehow some subjectivity, there are some psychological aspects. Uh, There is sometimes the unpredictability of the human person, so it's not a system like others, even if we are trying to make it autonomous and actually removing somehow the human action. But since uh, the human is anyway involved, so it will be quite interesting and challenging to consider this element in my analysis, which uh, usually it's not the case for most of the systems where I've, that I have considered in my past research.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because you what you are, you're having to think about not only the environment, but how a person is going to react and people are unpredictable. So you can only, (laughs) there's only so much that you can, that you can do, I feel like with that, like, well, I'm not saying obviously, there's a lot, but I mean, like, that, yeah, there's, there's always going to be something that you can't account for, I, I feel like.
1: Yes, sure. It's it's a bit, yeah. There is some some form of unpredictability that you you need to deal with somehow, and it might not be possible to to have a hundred percent guarantee that everything will go as you wanted.
0: Francesca wants to develop methods to guarantee safety and security of self-driving systems, even when things do not go as predicted. And although this may prove to be quite difficult, she is up for the challenge and looks forward to the opportunity to collaborate across departments.
1: I think that uh, th- this uh, project uh, will give us the opportunity of some early career researchers to really meet uh, and by the synergies uh, between the different disciplines I think something new can come up both in terms of problems and potential so I'm really looking forward about this synergy the fact that it's not only about applying my research to a problem but finding really where the uh, the different disciplines meet and how this can build something new
0: Francesca's research may be more of a background discipline, but its impact on the self-driving field and I am at UCL in particular will be huge. My next guest is another team member of I am at UCL who will be looking at problems and potential in self-driving, but in a different light.
2: My name is Jemima unwin I am a lecturer and program leader on the MSc Light and Lighting at UCL.
0: Jemima's research includes a number of strands.
2: For example, how we judge a scene is affected by sound. So we might think, okay, in this cafe, we're happy to have it a bit darker and we have a certain type of auditory input, whereas we want it brighter if it has another type of sound. There's a lot of talk now about the effect of lighting on health and wellbeing, and ultimately it comes down to daylight. And and really, the answer to that is go outside. (laughs) you know you, you don't, you're never really going to get light inside that'll be anywhere near what it is out. So you get outside in the morning you help and train your circadian clock so that just means we have this natural biorhythm uh, well lots of biorhythms actually and one of them is the sleep-wake cycle so if, if when we get up every morning and go outside in daylight we reset our clock so we've done a bit of work looking at you know how that affects sleep patterns although that's so far been inconclusive mainly because there's so many variables and then I've also done some research on pedestrian reassurance so perceived safety after dark so that involved looking at light patterns on streets and generally people didn't like dark patches so looking at you know how dark you could get and how long those dark patches could get before people got really worried.
0: Now Jemima will be applying her research to a new strand self-driving vehicle safety and she has a particular interest in looking at manual and self-driving in the dark
2: the issue with autonomous vehicles is all the big tech players are investing massively in it at the moment is this intelligence systems and will an autonomous system that's trained properly might might not make the same mistakes humans do and they might not have accidents and that's absolutely huge because traffic accidents are quite rare in in the west anyway but you know when it does happen it's absolutely catastrophic for those involved so even if you only have a few a year then you want to stop them because the impact's massive for the family that that hits so I think then it's always the that one percent of instances where the machine can't predict it and then you need the human to step in and I think that's the challenge isn't it we know that uh, car accidents they do increase after dark and that's when you look at the control so if you're using the clock change as a control period look at the the narrow windows before and after clock changes so we have an interesting situation where you've got the same clock time but different lighting conditions one week before one week after before and after the clock change so you can use that to set of a very careful control where you look at are the accidents increasing in these narrow windows, and they are, and that could be because of lighting. Now, what would be really interesting would be to look at is that happening uh, less in autonomous vehicles, you know, where the autonomous vehicle setting of actual autonomy is being used because then you could find out is it helping or not because if humans are making error in the dark and the cars aren't then you could argue that it's safer but we don't know that yet so it might not be there might even be more accidents after dark in an autonomous vehicle
0: Finding out the answer to this can be
2: complicated The problem is getting the data isn't it because if you've got a car manufacturer no one's going to want to hand over data which says that their systems don't work quite well after dark (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you need to win these people over and work with them and, you know, they would put all sorts of caveats. So, you know, they won't want you to say, oh, actually, your car's not so safe after dark." So getting data is a challenge.
0: The good news is the advanced research facilities that were created at IM at UCL could really help make this type of research and other lighting research in semi-autonomous vehicles possible.
2: But it would definitely be interesting to have a look to simulate a scene and have people drive in the simulator and see if for example if you also simulated somebody stepping out onto a road could they see them more would they break sooner you know in certain lighting conditions than in others is it what's important is it the background luminance is it what the person's wearing which you know would help differentiate them from the background is it their proximity so in in certain lighting conditions you can see them sooner because basically that, that's what it's about isn't it you need to be able to see people before they step out on the road or is it that you know most accidents are caused by people who are drunk and then lighting has you know very little impact then so obviously you're not going to put drunk people in the simulator <laughs> imagine getting the ethics <laughs> approval for that you've got to drink like five five pints before you are <laughs> not going to do that are
0: we <laughs> <laughs> that would be some fun research i guess if you-
1: <laughs>
0: yeah um, yeah
2: yeah but I think, yeah, understanding how the way a scene is lit affects you know whether we can see see people or, or or even obstacles on the road something's got on the road that could create an accident a tire or something this could possibly all be simulated although we may have that issue about dynamic range so we have very high dynamic range in a in a real situation and we just need to check that we can actually mimic that
0: what does dynamic range mean so it's
2: like the range from very very bright to very very dark which so, it, so if you're looking at a screen because it's a screen it's got a certain luminance so it never gets really glaring is it whereas in real life when you're driving you might sometimes be like oh, I actually can't see <laughs> that's called disability glare or discomfort glare is when when you can see but it's just not very comfortable you know like when you're driving in the rain and blobs of water are on the windscreen and then they kind of become pools of light and you're like squinting I can't think I don't want to I don't want to run over a cat yeah <laughs> <laughs> or a person even yeah <laughs> So, it's, it's, so that's the dynamic range. It's basically that, that range that you get in reality. If that can be mimicked in the driving simulator, then you know it's potentially really, really valuable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and who would you say it's most valuable for?
2: Well, it's uh, street lighting designers, engineers, anyone involved in design. And obviously, if, if it's a potential, if you know, if this research avoids an accident, then it's good for the general public as well. So I think that's quite important. Obviously, researchers are interested in it. People involved in traffic safety, local authorities, TFL, they might even be interested. Yeah, I would say yeah, local authorities, TFL, traffic safety, traffic management, people interested in those fields yeah and then architects, engineers, designers, you know, people involved in designing the built environment
0: it would have a huge and have a huge impact and like when you could potentially help a lot of different um a lot of different subjects and a lot of different people <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah yeah, but it's also hard to prove, mm-hmm. so you know uh, my worry is that you know you get cracking with this and then you know you end up with the kind of sad conclusion which researchers are always guilty of which is oh, we need to do more research. <laughs> like, We've done all this research, and now we need to do a load more. And then, you know, because it's that certainty, isn't it? You need to be certain you know, the probability that what you're saying is not due to chance. You know? <laughs> and um, that's always quite challenging. You know, you need to you know, set up quite control. But that's actually, that's, that's another reason that driving simulator is really useful is because it, it lets you control the variables which you can't do in real life so in real life you need absolutely huge samples say you've got a few variables you're interested in you need absolutely huge samples to account for the confounding variables like weather and has a fly got stuck on the windscreen and all, all this type of things which are inevitably going to affect the driver you know if it's raining if it's not so the advantage of this type of controlled environment is that you can set up a really well-controlled experiment and you're absolutely controlling all your variables so that the conditions are exactly the same between participants therefore you can compare findings behavior of different people precisely.
0: The highly controlled environment for testing is what makes I am at UCL's simulator truly unique and incredibly valuable to anyone interested in driving related research. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where you'll learn how the simulator could be used in areas outside of automotive, including maritime. Thank you for listening to I Am at UCL, the podcast. If you would like to learn more about the research at I Am at UCL, you can check out their website at www.ucl dash intelligent dash mobility.com. And or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast so you can be notified when new episodes come out. This episode was produced and hosted by myself, Cassidy Martin. It's music from Blue Dot Sessions. It was brought to you by I Am at UCL, which is part of UCL Pearl in Dagenham and supported by UCL Minds, bringing together UCL knowledge, insights, and expertise through events, digital content, and activities that are open to everyone. A special thank you to Francesca and Jemima this month for sharing their time, knowledge, and insight. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and feel like you learned something new, like I have with everyone I've interviewed in this series. Take care, and I'll see you again next month. Same time, same place. Cheers.